0: Welcome to Episode 21 of the Mere Mortal Marathon Podcast, where you'll hear what it's like to train for and run your first marathon. I'm Dwayne France, and I'm joined by Coach Morgan Lattimore, the people's coach. And together, we're going to share the week-by-week training journey that'll take me, just a regular guy and a mere mortal, to the finish line of my first marathon. And if I can do it, you can too. Thanks for joining us for the Mere Mortal Marathon podcast. I'm excited to be going on this journey and pleased to invite you to join me along the way. There's a couple of ways that we can be connected. Follow the podcast wherever you listen to him and you'll be notified when a new episode comes out. You can also see where the journey takes me by connecting on Strava by going to Strava.com forward slash athletes forward slash M3 podcast, which will be in the show notes as well. There you'll see where the training plan takes me and you can find all the episodes on the fundraising page for my charity partner, the Second Wind Fund at coloradogives.org forward slash m3podcast. The mission of the Second Wind Fund is to decrease the incidence of suicide in children and youth by removing barriers to treatment. They match children and youth at risk for suicide with licensed therapists in their communities and pay for up to 12 sessions of therapy when there's a barrier to treatment. Simply by listening right now, you're doing your part. Every time someone listens to an episode, $1 will be donated to the Second Wind Fund up to $1,000. So listen, share, and know that you're doing your part to stop suicide in children and youth in Colorado. So check out coloradogives.org forward slash m3podcast for all the episodes to give to the cause or simply to see how far we've gotten. This week, Coach Morgan and I talk about Week 18. If you're listening to this when it's released, then we have three days until the race. And you'll have to wait one more week to hear how it went, unless we're connected on social media or some other way. Then you'll probably see the posts and the announcements. But if you're listening to this at any point after that, you can finish listening to this episode and go on to the next one for a recap. So, week 18 was another travel week for me, spending most of the week hosting a conference in Washington, D.C. But I still managed to knock out 32 miles three miles on Tuesday, a six mile negative split run on Wednesday, six miles on Friday, 14 miles on Saturday, and three miles on Sunday. So, check out this week's coaching call reviewing the week and preparing for the race, and we'll come back afterwards to wrap things up week 18 is done one week to go one week to go one week oh my, to go okay hey, Oh, all and the, the weather is not the weather no, on race day looks great actually right now i think it is a window in the morning like the race is early early so as yeah. long as i'm not running at three in the afternoon i think i'll be okay
1: yeah, it's because it says it's raining all week, like moderate rain, light rain, moderate rain, light rain, then race day, few clouds, 73, low of
0: 54. Yeah. So we, how are you feeling, man? Good. I'm feeling good. It's interesting in that this week is a busy work week for me, so I don't know that I'm going to have a lot of time to be in my head about the race, which is good, but also it's it's taper week. So no, I'm feeling all right. And No travel. No travel. Very specifically okay. no travel.
1: Okay. Absolutely. All right. So we have put in 32 miles last week.
0: Let's see what we got. How was that 14-mile run for you? It was good. But even as we talked about, I was coming off of a week of travel, and we were putting on a conference, and so everything that comes... So I think a lot of my soreness was still a lot of the travel. Um, no,
1: Yeah, I wasn't able to recover because yeah. it was all of and stuff like
0: that yeah yeah and of course you go out with the plan and i was planning on going seven miles up and seven miles back and then uh the trail was washed out so i had to end up going uphill for my last three miles but it was okay got it done
1: this week is pretty easy pretty light into race day obviously we got two four mile runs two days off three mile run and after that car ride, you check in, you get into your place. I want that 10-minute shakeout run to be after you check in.
0: Okay.
1: You sit in the car for a long, again, travel, right? And so mm-hmm. we want to get that fresh blood flowing, shake it out, stretch it out, and then stretch 15, 20 minutes and then start laying everything out. Really no special instructions. We know what we need to do. You gave me a race plan, and you did you get my comment when I emailed you back? I did. I did, yeah. Okay. And yeah. tell me what you thought about that. So basically, he, he gave me his race plan. He wanted to, like, forty-five minutes before, have a kind bar. But I said that's just a little bit too dense. I don't think the body's going to absorb it by the time it's raced. It would be great on the back end. You can do it all you want, but we just need we need to fuel
0: in something that's going to be a little bit more absorbable. Yeah, no, I think really it's one of those convenience things. But you're absolutely right; it is like a little brick of chunk of stuff. So, yeah, a banana is about 100 calories, right? Banana, a, a,
1: a cup of berries, however you want to do, just something to keep the blood sugar up. Like, you're not trying to eat in the sense where we are trying to like, have a meal, but we want to keep, as you have breakfast, and between the breakfast and race, your blood sugar levels are going to start dropping. That's what start, people start feeling like a little woozy, dizzy. We don't want to overhydrate because, especially, this is a big one. A lot of people come into race. I mean, let me, I mean, let's hit the negatives. Let me hit some negatives. No carb loading the night before. That is not a thing. I am not okay with that. If your coach tells you to do that, hey, you go for it, do great things. This coach don't do that. This is why. Carb loading, in the sense where people I've seen do it and where I've heard people do it, is eating a whole bunch of pasta, pizza, whatever they can do with the carb, as much as they can get. It's because they, they're loading up literally, the, they use the word, and they overdo it like everything else that we do in life. And so what happens is the body's not used to that amount of carbs. right it's, it, it doesn't normally have that. And so you wake up bloated, GI issues, you're already probably going to be nervous, or you're going to be sick, or you're going to be on the toilet all day or all night leading up to it. And it just eat normal meal, whatever that is, stay away from them as like... People are like, oh, I'm going to have a salad. Depends on your gut, you got to de- kind of make that call on your own. Like ha- having a whole bunch of fiber before a race is probably not the best idea, but some people can swing it. Some people can't, right? But you're going to be out there four to five hours. You might want to stay away from the roughage as much as possible, right? But you can have a little bit of greens in there. Just don't overdo it. Don't go crazy. Eat what you normally eat. Stay away from the fatty super. I said, eat what you normally eat and stay within the fatty stuff. All you people, fatty stuff is not good. So if that's what you normally eat, clean up your meal 48 <laughs> hours out. There we go. Is that better? Right. 48 hours out. And this is for you too, right? 48 hours out, you, what what you laid out. That's why I gave you that race plan template. So this is what I'm going to eat. This is what I want to do. This is how I'm going to do it. And then just nothing new on race day. If you haven't done it in training, Don't do it on race day, right? You should have done everything you need. Like, that's why we really don't have much to talk about. He knows what to do. You all know what he needs to do. If you've been listening to the podcast, you know exactly what he needs to do. But I would ask you, I gave you a template for your race plan. You filled it out. How did that help you?
0: I think in some of it was already stuff that we knew, right? The pacing strategy, the fueling strategy, that was reinforcing what I already knew. I think the... Uh, The two meals, the the meals the night before and the night before made me think about what I was actually going to do. I'm usually cooking Fridays and Saturdays anyway. And that black bean chicken salad is something that I've done before races before, too. Mm -hmm. So I'm familiar with that sort of meal. Um, So really, it helped me dial in that plan. I think the travel plan did help my wife and I sit down and figure out the logistics, where we're going to take the dog and all that kind of stuff. And even a week out, it helped me plan. And so I have a plan that I can consider and I can go back to and revise this week, not revise substantially, start time, end time, that kind of stuff. So really it helped me, like you said, just put down in paper the things that we have already been talking about. And
1: so everyone, plan is key. You will see people on race morning, race day before scrambling because they have no plan. Well, we say the military proper planning prevents piss poor performance. Mm-hmm. Right. And so this is the key. We want to plan properly throughout training to prevent piss poor performance. We don't have to, There's nothing. This is where we talk at the very, very beginning. If I do my job correctly, I don't have to tell you nothing. <laughs> don't have to say nothing on race day. What's the plan, coach? If you don't know the plan by now, I don't know what you're going to do on the day that I'm not going to be there. Right? And so we got the pace. We got everything. You feeling good? How you feeling about this?
0: Yeah, I am feeling good. And I think that I'm now looking forward to it with anticipation. Obviously, it's this whole thing. My father was a long-distance runner, so now he ran his marathon in 83. Now it's 23. I'm thinking about, like, the positive, the legacy yeah. stuff. Visualization, thinking about I'm looking at different landmarks on the course. Like I've run a race through the stadium before, and so I'm thinking about that. Like I'm, I think I'm doing a lot of visualization the past couple of days in a positive way to prepare for the race.
1: What about that on the race plan? I asked you that last question. You remember what it was?
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. A strong mind, strong
1: run. That's it. I asked him for his mantra. Right. Mm-hmm. We all need to go into it. We're going into battle. Right. And so you need. This is because that mantra is what is going to be your weapon when the dark moment hits or when it starts to hurt a little bit, right? And so when you don't go on that already having that mantra in your brain, knowing what that is, you have to understand that you're going to do something that the body is not normally do. No matter how many of you've done it, how many marathons you've done, everybody knows that guess what? There are dark moments will happen. You could be, you could have 10 great races and have an 11th worst race. You never know when it's going to happen. You can't because you can't play in Mother Nature. You don't know what's going to happen. Your body can react totally different and hope, you know, with the heat or the weather or the pace or the food or whatever it may be, the mental stuff that we've already put all those things into play. So when it does happen, you're prepared to triage them and move out of that dark moment. And a mantra, I would recommend that if this is something I recommend to everyone for you, if you don't have to do this, but this is be, I take a Sharpie. And write the mantra on your forearm and just keep it with you, right? And look at it every mile uh, and go out there and have some fun. If you decide you wanted to talk to somebody midway through the race, just say hello. Maybe ask somebody why they out there. Mm -hmm. And that's the, and connect with them. Don't slow down and ask nobody. (laughs) And don't speed up and ask somebody. Ask somebody running your pace. And
0: say don't talk to the person with their hands on their knees over on the side of the road. Yeah,
1: don't do that. That means you stop, right? And don't try to catch up to somebody that's going faster to you. Stick to your plan when the moment presents itself, find out why everybody else is out there. You know what I mean? And because it's about creating an experience, right? And yes, we've been training the whole time. You can go out there and do your thing, but you don't know how much impact you can have on yourself and others just by saying, what brings you out here? Oh, I'm from, or where are you from? I always ask the question, where are you from? Why are you doing this? And they say it. And then, you know, I say, well, have a great day and I keep it moving. Even if we stay next to each other, I don't keep talking. I just want to understand people. And so I've met crazy folks. I've met people that live in my hometown, and I've met new friends and see them another race. But the key is this is not, this is, this journey is not just you alone or it's people out there with you. And the last thing I would say, all I got to say today, I know it's going to be a short episode because I don't have much to say before a race is your family has supported you through this endeavor. And Once that race is over, find something to do with them. Find something to do, not what you want to do, but find something they want to do. This is the key. Not how you want to do it, when you want to do it, how they want to do it, when they want to do it, whenever they want to do it, because they've supported you all the way up to this point. It's time for you to give back to those that have waited for you to do your thing and set your goals and be successful.
0: So is that the uh, recovery walk the next day is carrying bags, shopping with my wife, going to the outlet malls and whatever whatever that is?
1: Day after the race, you got a 30-minute walk, easy, because we don't want to get you stiff. Then you got a rest day because you're traveling. Then you got a free day, you choose to do whatever you want. Another off day, three-mile run, another off day, and then freedom. And then we'll discuss if we move forward from there. This is so most people, and we'll have another episode, after, obviously, but we'll find out how to race win and go from there. And then we should talk one more time after the rest week is over, mm-hmm. I think. And just decide where do we go from here and how that talk and, yep. and what's next. Even if it's with me or with, without me, whatever it is, I can kind of tell y'all how that goes and what a coach can do to add value or to keep on moving forward and give them some key goals to do what we can work on together or some things he could probably focus on on his on his own for a little while. But you want to make sure as a coach, we don't force that. And because after a marathon, people that are not normally used to, you're going to feel a little bit of rebuilding. Mm-hmm. And, and we'll talk about that another time though.
0: And I think that's, and yeah. I have noticed that in in large events. And so there is that post-race blues, whatever, and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But like you said, we can talk about that after the race right now we're excited and ready to go i will tell you we'll share with you you said connect with somebody doing the race one of the guys that served under me in afghanistan he's one of the bike pacers for the half marathon so i don't know if that's good or bad he can either trip me up say oh man you messed with me too much and he make me fall but i'm pretty sure that he's he's gonna be so there, there are gonna be a couple people that i know out there saturday on the 14 mile run i've got a training shirt with colfax and the guy was coming back. He said, oh, you're running Colfax next weekend? I said, yeah. He said, I'll see you there. Like with 4,000 people there. Yeah. <laughs> <He was> like, <laughs> yeah you're crazy. Part, you
1: might see him. You literally might. I've had that happen. And they were like, oh, you see him on the course. And it's just a wave. That's the coolest yeah. stuff. Yeah, but it's, yeah. It, yeah. Is it likely to
0: happen? 50-50. Eh, 50-50. <laughs> we didn't change. No, he was like, oh, I'll see you there. I was like, thumbs up, dude. Sure. Why not? But yeah, no, yeah. I think I'm excited. Feeling pretty good with the short taper is good. I don't think I've got, there's not enough time to really get in my head about stuff. We just knock out these couple little runs and get to Sunday and knock it out. Yes. Make sure you get some rest, man.
1: Stretch, rest. Don't over, don't worry about it. It's another training day. We just go a little bit further than we did last time. That's what we're doing. That's the whole way. Yes, sir. (laughs) The whole way. Don't stop here. Don't stop. till you cross that finish line? Okay. What happened? Crawling hands and knees. That's it. That's it. That's it. All right. We'll let you know, Coach. All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Let's see what he does. Week 18.
0: As Coach said, pretty short conversation for that part of the episode, which helps me know that he thinks I've got this. If there's any doubt in my mind, and there isn't much, to be honest, there aren't any doubts in his mind, because if there were, we would have had a much longer conversation about tweaks and mindset and strategy and all the other stuff. But by the training and the progress that he's seen, he's certain that I've got it. So now I'm thinking about where we've come from to where we are now. We started this training cycle for my first marathon on January 9th, 2023. To catch everybody up, I did have some running experience. I had spent the previous year getting back into running after a long hiatus after my military retirement in 2014, culminating my first half marathon in 10 years in December of 22. That's when I started to think about training for a marathon and looking for a coach. Shout out to Jess, who's in a Team Red, White, and Blue group with me, and when I posted a message looking for a veteran who's also an endurance coach, She introduced me to my partner on this journey, Coach Morgan. So thanks for that recommendation and all the support along the way, Jess. And so with everything else, we started this journey in the second full week of January. That week, Coach had me do five easy runs for 30 minutes each, a total of 15.1 miles. I remember thinking at the time, we know that I'm running a marathon in five months, right? Is 15 miles going to get me there? Well, the obvious answer to that question is absolutely. Starting out at 15 miles a week, Five days of 30-minute runs, combined with my previous running experience, has gotten me to the place of running my first marathon in less than six months. With the four-mile run that I have planned today and the three-mile on Friday, I will have run over 550 miles during this training block. And We've missed three runs over that time. We had that weekend back in February where I was battling a sinus infection and the day back in week 16 where Coach set me down because of fatigue. And you've been there with me. The long runs that sucked, the uncertainty I was feeling several weeks ago, the good feelings that came after the good long runs, and Coach and I both appreciate you going along with us. Hopefully, it's been helpful for you because it's certainly been helpful for me. I'm training for my first marathon in the most public way that I can think of, with the dual hope of inspiring others to do hard things, but also to have a bunch of accountability partners out there that I don't even know, and some that I do. Jess, as I've mentioned, Colleen, who is building back to running, Aaron Hale, a combat-wounded visually and hearing-impaired veteran, and an amazing athlete in his own right who's training for an ultramarathon in July, and while I wouldn't call him a mere mortal, he would probably describe himself as nothing special, and my buddy Brandon who's going to be pacing one of the races and hopefully won't run me over with his bike, to so my family and my work colleagues who are cheering me on through all of this. I appreciate them, and I appreciate you for listening. One more thing before we wrap up this episode, and it's about remembering why we're doing hard things. You heard the joke in the first episode, and people have been hearing it as I've been talking about it these past five months, about how my father said we have to run a marathon twice in our lives. The reality is he ran two. He dropped out of the first one around mile 16 or 18 and came back the next year and finished it, then said never again. I don't think he really trained at all for that first marathon. I have memories of the first race, a picture somewhere that I haven't been able to find of him just before he dropped out. I do have his finisher's medal from that race. And like I said to Coach in the conversation, I'm thinking a lot about him and his running journey in this week before the race. It's the finisher's medal from the 1983 St. Louis Marathon. Simple medal, just an image of the gateway arch in the front, and the date, December 4th, 1983, on the back. I don't know his finishing time. This was way before the internet, so maybe looking at back issues of local paper may show the results, but I don't know his final time. I'm going to assume it was sometime in the five-hour range, so that gives me the incentive to beat his time. And he ran it when he was 35 compared to me running it when I'm 49, so I have him beat there too. But he passed away in 2017, so like many things in our lives, there are questions that will never be answered. But I know that this has been a goal of mine for a long time, and he would be supporting me along with everyone else. It's not just because of my father, because that's simply not enough to get us through this kind of effort, but it was the start, and we all need to find something to get us moving. So again, I'm thinking about history and legacy this week. I've got his medal next to me right now, and I'll have it with me on race day. I have his old running jacket from Lindenwood College, now Lindenwood University. Shout out to the Lindenwood Lions. And while I will not be wearing that on race day, I have been seen sporting it around town this week for sure. So again, I've been spending this week taking time to reflect on where the training has brought me, where life has brought me, and where it's going to take me to the finish line of my first marathon. So thanks again for joining us for the Mere Mortal Marathon podcast, where you can hear mere mortals like you and me reach our goals as I train for the 2023 Denver Colfax Marathon. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach out to me at duane at veteranmentalhealth.com. If you want to support a great cause, I'm a charity partner with the Second Wind Fund, a Colorado organization that focuses on improving access and delivery of suicide prevention care for children and youth at risk for suicide. You can donate to the cause by going to coloradogives.org forward slash m3podcast. As a reminder, simply by listening to the show, a dollar's going into the pot. If you want more dollars to go into the pot, share the show with others who may appreciate it want to reach out to coach morgan and show appreciation for the excellent work that he does or sign up for the people's coach newsletter you can find him at morganlattimore.com all of the links to each of these are going to be in the show notes so thanks for joining us for another episode of the mere mortal marathon podcast and just remember mere mortals can do extraordinary things